welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Okay, welcome back to the program. Today's episode is titled, Sailing Off Course. Now, traditionally, that would be a negative statement. You wouldn't want to sail off course. The whole objective of Excel Still More is setting your course on the horizon, on reaching new goals, on improved relationships and deeper faith. You know, all that stuff we talk about in the intro. And what you want to do is stay on course no matter what. Don't give up. Well, I guess you could say, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe there is the right time to sail off course, to take your eyes off of the goal you've set, to hit the pause button on progress you're trying to make. Now, that may sound counterintuitive to everything we've done for 50-something episodes, but let me tell you a story and see if it makes a bit more sense. This story comes from the annals of Olympic history. I love the Olympics, particularly the Summer Olympics, which, by the way, is coming up next year in 2020. It'll be held in Japan. I know it'll be great. We just get so many inspirational stories out of Olympic athletes because we know how hard they've trained. The Bible talks about Olympic competition. The Apostle Paul talks about training to run the race and striving for the goal and pressing on. And so we have these great stories. Usually, those stories fall into two categories, winners and losers, both of which can be quite inspirational. If you go to Google or something, and you Google the 25 most inspirational stories in Olympic history, you're going to get a list of winners and a list of losers. The winners, those are the ones we remember the most, probably the Number one most remembered Olympic story came from the Winter Olympics of 1980 when the U.S. men's Olympic hockey team beat the mighty Russians in a thrilling 4-3 semifinal win. They went on to beat Finland in the final and win the gold. Movies made about it. We love this idea of adversity, underdogs, never give up, and win. Do you remember the story of the women's gymnastic team and Carrie Shrug. Summer Olympics, busted ankle, nails the vault to secure the USA women's first victory over the Russians. But there's also a list of lovable losers, people who did not win anything, not first or second or third place, but because they refuse to give up, they live on in our hearts. One of those was a guy named Derek Redman, 1992 Barcelona, running the 400 meters, tore his hamstring halfway through, stumbling along. His father comes out of the stands and assists him down to the very last moments when his father lets him go and he crosses the finish line on his own. He didn't win anything, but we're excited about the fact that he never gave up. Our heartstrings tugged by the love of his father because they just kept going. Sometimes it's not about winning, is it? Sometimes it's about just staying the course, fighting through the pain. Probably my favorite lovable loser story of never giving up 
is one that not many people know. It goes back to 1984 in the Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. Women were allowed to compete in the marathon for the very first time. A woman named Joan Benoit won, and it was pretty awesome. But almost as memorable as that was a competitor named Gabrielle Anderson Scheiss, a Swiss runner. She didn't think she could win, but she competed anyway. She was dehydrated, practically disabled, making sure nobody came in and assisted her in the last run, finished 20 minutes behind the winner. But in incredible visual pain, she crossed that line. Now look, we can use all those stories. Man, are you kidding me? I could make an episode for each and every one. I could talk to you about your faith and say, press on to victory or at least never give up. I could talk to you about fitness and finances and pursuing better relationships. That's all good stuff. But that's not what we're going to do today. I want to tell you a different Olympic story. One much less known. And yet, in this case, the man was both a loser and a winner. It's not very often that you lose and win medals. But this guy did. Because unlike any of those other stories of competitors, he did something bigger than himself, bigger than his team or his country. His name is Lawrence Lemieux. Lawrence was born in 1955 in Canada. He loved sailing, has always loved sailing. He didn't live anywhere near the ocean, but there were lakes nearby and he sailed those lakes in Alberta. His big dream, of course, was to be a competitive sailor. In the pursuit of that, he made all kinds of sacrifices. He lived in a van for 15 years, worked three jobs just to save the money he needed to compete. Eventually, by 1984, those same Los Angeles Olympics, he was able to compete in a two-man sailing competition for the country of Canada. Unfortunately, they didn't win. They didn't even place. But you know, every good story, resilience story, has to have some setbacks. Devoted his life, lived in a van, lost in his first attempt, but he would not be deterred. And so four years later in 1988, in Seoul, Korea, in the East China Sea, he got his last opportunity. At the age of 33, this was about it. He was participating on behalf of Canada in a single sailboat in the singles competition. And at the halfway point, he was in second place. I mean, this story is really working out. Fought all of his way, and now with just half a race to go, he's in second place and he sees the leader right in front of him. It turns out, and there's video on this if you want to look it up, it was a terrible day weather-wise. 12-foot swells crashing against the boats. I mean, I can already see the movie being made now. Sails through all that difficulty, finally claims victory. Well, right about that halfway turn when they were far away from land, he saw in the distance a two-man sailboat. They were competing at the same time a little distance away. He saw a sailboat that had capsized. One of the men was hanging onto the side of the boat, the other man was actually being pulled away from the boat out into the ocean. Lawrence yelled out to them if they were okay, but they couldn't hear him or he couldn't hear their reply. Turns out they were from an entirely different country and 
language anyway. So he had to make a decision. His whole life culminating in the last half of this Olympic race. Certainly, they would be okay. I mean, after all, they are Olympic athletes. Certainly over on that track where the two-man teams were going, someone would come by and help them out. Or the Korean guard would come by and pick them up. I don't know if Lawrence Lemieux thought about any of that. I only know what he did. He chose in that moment to sail off course, to set aside his personal goals, in fact, his life goal, quite literally, put it away. And he sailed out to those men and he used the counterweight of his small boat and he propped them up and both of them were able to come aboard. There was water that he was taking on. It was dangerous for him as well, but ultimately they all three found their way there together. One of the men, as it was later reported, was in dire danger. I mean, it was a life-threatening situation. Lawrence waited there until shortly after the Korean Coast Guard came by and took those men aboard. Lawrence Lemieux turned his boat back towards the course and finished in 21st place out of 34 boats. That's actually maybe the most impressive part. That he did finish, it's not like he was just going to quit. No, he didn't win first place. He came in 20 places behind it. He later reported, I really felt like I could win, but in that moment, there really wasn't a choice to be made. Afterwards, of course, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there are no 21st place medals. Maybe you knew that. He actually went home with both a medal and an official placement. It's kind of cool. They gave him a medal for sportsmanship and awarded him an honorary second place since that's the position he was in when he sailed off course to save someone else. Anyway, he's not super well-known, but now you know the story. It's not often that you lose and still win, but I would say equally as rare is an athlete who devotes his life to training to accomplish a personal goal, making incredible sacrifices, and sets it aside to help someone else. Now, here's what I want to do in the last little bit of time that we have. I don't want to give you some lengthy lists or a thousand things to think about. This is just a bit of a gut check on what this journey is all about. If we aren't careful, I mean, you're 50-something episodes in if you've been following along. You may have your personal journal going on. You may be eating your frogs and making your spiritual highlights and expressing your affirmations about who you are and who you're going to be. All that's great. That's sailing on course. That's targeting better fitness goals, stronger faith, better relationships, financial control, and saying, I'm going to do it. And I've got lots of Olympic stories on that if you want some motivation on why you never want to give up and how you can win. But if we are so focused, well, hang on, let me change the pronouns. If I am so focused on myself and who I am becoming and this journey and my walk that I miss the man in the ditch. I'm a guy walking by, a priest or a Levite, and I'd love to help that man over there, but I don't know that man. And I have a lot to do today. I've got some prayers to offer, some sermons to write, some things to do for my family. I'm not going to get bogged down. This is stress-free chess here, to reference a previous episode. If I'm so locked in on that, which can be great, 
that I miss the needs of people around me, maybe I'm missing the point. I had a really sobering conversation with one of my best friends. He's an elder here at the church where I preach, Ben Shipley. He is an incredibly disciplined guy. He sets life goals in his faith or fitness that require sacrifice. In fact, he's not even really interested in a goal unless it's going to cost him something, and he sticks with him to the end. And we were just talking about that. We were talking about how we're both getting better and better shape and more active and deepening trust in God and all those kinds of things. And then it kind of hit us. This was a handful of weeks back. That that stuff really only matters if we're using it to serve other people. If we lose sight of loving our neighbor, it doesn't really matter how well we do. I mean, what's the good of of traveling the road or sailing towards financial independence if I'm not willing to sail off that course for a little bit, giving up some advantages just to go help someone who needs me. So that actually really triggered both of us. We want to keep being responsible and keep getting better, but we also need to be willing to step aside from that at times to go visit people, to give to people, to make it about them. So I want to encourage you in that. There are times you're going to have to hit the pause button on the runs you want to do or the savings that you're looking forward to or the books you want to read because someone outside of the view of your goals is drowning. Someone needs help. Sure, someone else could help them. You've got goals to meet, of course. But maybe the goals aren't worth pursuing if they can't be set aside to love our neighbor. I do want to give you a few things to think about practically that might help. I'll do that in the last minute or two. But I just want to mention the Apostle Paul. It reminds me a little bit in Philippians 1 where he said, I want to go to heaven. I'm ready to go and be with Jesus. That's what I've lived for, and that's what I'm pursuing. He's like those first Olympic stories I told you. He's going to reach on till he gets to the goal, and he's never going to give up no matter what. But he said, I also feel compelled to stay here to wait for that, and to help you instead. He said, I think that's what God wants me to do. Now, he ultimately made it to heaven, but he did so by going out of his way to help others first. Here's a small example based on something that happened to me the other day. I got up in the morning, I journaled the day, I knew exactly what I was going to do, had it all nicely spaced out. That involved an evening at the building, recording a podcast episode. Actually, it was the one making giving easy, which maybe you heard a week or so ago. While I am doing it, I get a text from a guy at Starbucks that I had contact with before who needs a little bit of help. And he needed it kind of urgently, but I'm right in the middle of recording this episode. So I'm like, dude, can you wait? He's like, I don't know, man. I got to get back. Around that same time, I mean like 30 seconds later, I get a phone call from a homeless couple who are presently about three blocks over from Starbucks who needed a ride to a nearby town. And I'm thinking, man, I'd really like to help these people, but I'm right in the middle of like the perfect day. Like I'm getting everything done. But then it hits me. I think there's an irony to the way the Lord works. I can't exactly sit here and record an episode on make giving easy whilst I refuse to give. So you know what? Had to wait to the next day to check that podcast box. And it was a bit of a lesson learned and probably one of the reasons why I'm sharing this with you today, this episode. So here are some practical things to think about. Set your personal goals, 
but just be open and aware that if you set those aside to serve someone, that is an excellent reason not to get your run in tonight. That is a fantastic reason to miss your budget by a little bit this month. If someone needed you, someone you may not have even known, and you did what was right. And remember, you can always get back on course. I think it's pretty cool that Lawrence got back on course after he knew they were safe, came in 21st place, and they awarded him anyway, right? They gave him a medal. And just one more thing on this, and I think you probably do it already, but a big part of the goals you're setting ought to be service to others, incorporating the both. And this is where it's not like the Olympic race at all. The Olympic race was about me winning, and I set that aside to go help someone else. But what if the goal is to help people? What if the finance goal and the fitness goal and the friendship and faith goals, what if it's really about taking the opportunities to go out of my way, put the man in the ditch on my own beast, take him to the inn, and pay whatever is needed? I'm talking, of course, about the story of the Good Samaritan. You get that working for you, and you will have very little conflict between your goals and others' needs. They will work together. Oh, and by the way, as I said, he received his reward at the end, as did the Apostle Paul, and so will you. So will you. And the goal of seeing Jesus, having been a servant like Jesus, will be so much greater than anything you would have achieved on your own. So listen, plan your route, and press on to the goal. But just remember, because of the needs of others, sometimes the right decision is sailing off course. Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website, excelstillmore.life, where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.